Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also very appreciative of our other sponsor, Justin Snicker, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, for his contribution of his time, his music, and his voice for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween, horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found literally anywhere that you stream your favorite music. So thank you. And of course, we're just around the corner from Halloween, so you're definitely going to want to check out all his new stuff. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis for all of our incredible artwork. Tonight, we welcome the return of Constance Victoria Briggs. Uh, she was a lot of fun the last time we had her on. She's going to be discussing her newest book called The Moon's Galactic History, a look at the moon's extraterrestrial past and its connection to Earth. There's a whole lot behind that because a lot of people really do believe that the moon was brought into our solar system. Basically, it's not a celestial body, as many think. Constance is a metaphysical, spiritual, cosmic researcher and writer. She's the author of, I mean, many books, but the Encyclopedia of Angels, Encyclopedia of God, the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World, and the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. She has been a guest speaker on several radio shows um, discussing such topics, angels and extraterrestrial ancient aliens, life after death. The list goes on. She's just really delightful. I'm sure she's going to be blessing us with her presence on more than uh, more than a few occasions. So we're always very, very grateful for her. Uh, in order to participate... Um, with us this evening, um, you're going to have to get onto some of our main uh, streaming sites, which let me have a look, see here. Okay, so on YouTube, um, we're going to be on UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials, UFO Paranormal Radio, The Outer Realm. We're going to be on Facebook, News on the Flip Side, uh, Canada's Most Haunted, UFO Paranormal uh, Radio Network, United Public Radio Network, of course, The Outer Realm. And uh, you can interact that way. Uh, you'll notice that I'm solo tonight. I've got no no bubbly boo with me. Uh, she's got a lot of things going on. Busy, 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 busy girl. And um, 
working on solo this week. So going to miss her. Not sure if she'll make her way to chat or not, but she just might surprise us all. So I see people chiming in. Janie, hello. Wayne, hello. Zachman, hello. Howie, hello, hello. Yes, isn't she great? We love Constance. So big hello to Tamara as well. And I believe our special guest is here. Constance, you ready? Just give me a nod. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bam. Hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So glad that you can make it again. <laughs> so um, just really looking forward to this. Of course, reminding you tonight, she's just got a lot of things going on this week. Not not best week to yeah, to, to kind of squeak more more stuff on her. So uh, I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, sending her some good vibes and you know, and that's that. So of course, big hello Howie. Howie's sending you oh. <gasps> Hi Howie. <laughs> there we go. I know. No, no bubbles. Sorry, Tamara. <laughs> Hopefully maybe she'll surprise us in chat, but we don't really know see how how the day goes so um gosh new book yeah i love it yeah. i love yeah. it brand new book go figure yes i i can't wait to hear all about it so <laughs> you know why don't we just like dig right in and every now and then i'll flash up some stuff because you know, our biggest audience is our audio audience because we are an FM station. We go worldwide. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll read them off and then that will allow the audio listeners to be able to know what the heck we're talking about. Okay. But, but apparently Howie has a question, which is what he <laughs> wants to say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, Howie, just for you. <laughs> Before we let poor Constance get started, we're going to go with your question. <laughs> so what is the connection between celestial aliens and paranormal spirits? Oh, my gosh. You know what, Howie? That is not even covered in my book, but okay. I'll go there. <laughs> Naughty Howie. <laughs> Excuse me. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that I'm answering this correctly. So in my opinion, well, from my research, I believe that, uh, first of all, there are unseen beings around us. Um, continuously um, on earth in the cosmos and I almost I've been thinking to myself lately that paranormal what we call the paranormal is really the normal yes honestly do you know come up with another another word so um, outside of me talking about what I think is going on with the moon when it comes to the celestials all um, I think all life forms and all uh, planetary forms have has a special, I guess, um, to bring it down to a person's understanding, we could say guardian. I think yeah. that all of the celestial bodies, I think they have, you know, a special uh, entity that mm -hmm. is assigned to them. It's kind of an angelic sort of way of thinking. I, I, I feel that way on earth. I feel that, you know, when it comes to us, we have our, our guides and our angels, our guardians, nature does, but also this goes out into the cosmos. And I have a very interesting story for you, uh, Howie. Uh, um, <laughs> there's a, a young man that is uh, on my Facebook page who is an astronomer out of Germany. 
He's originally from Iran, and he had had um, uh, moved there and to study this. And he has had some amazing things going up on Facebook. Well, we had a conversation because he wanted to ask, he wanted to know what I thought of several photographs that have been sent to him from around the world. Each of these photographs showed the moon, and it looked like there was a large black bird flying across the moon. However, each of these photographs were from different countries. And he's asking me, how can people from the different from different countries have the same picture? Yeah. You know, I said, well, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to, to, to uh, figure that out myself. What is that? <laughs> but we had the conversation and he said, you know what? He thought it was the jinn. And if you know the jinn, they are yeah. supernatural beings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would call them the jinn. Maybe that would be, I guess, the uh, name, um, you know, in, in the Persian culture for it. But I mm -hmm. would have said, you know, some sort of guardian or an angel as well. And, and that perhaps that was manifesting a, a, across the moon. Now, how far there... Uh, their use, how far their powers would be and what their responsibilities would be regarding the moon or Earth or any of the other planetary bodies. Of course, we wouldn't know the extent of it, but I do believe that each body has a celestial being that is far beyond what we can imagine and huge mm -hmm. and powerful. Mm -hmm. I love it. I do. I love it. Um, I, I tend to wonder when we're talking angels and, and things of that nature, I, I would imagine if you're a, a, on a spiritual level um, or a religious level, a lot of people do call them angels and such, but, you know, demons. But if you're a ufologist, for example, who's a little, you know, I think a little bit more tunnel vision, as I say, um, they would look at them more as maybe beings of light, extraterrestrial beings. Do you basically see that? You know, do you believe they're two very separate type of entities? No. Angels and no the same, same entities with different names. Yes. All right. So I wrote a book on an angel. It was an encyclopedia of angels. And, you know, it was very precise in that each of these angelic beings uh, had the definition for what they did. But the word angel itself is where I'm going. The word mm -hmm. angel, um, that's just one Yes. Word. There are many words for the same type of being. Right. And we've been just programmed here in, yes. in the West to say angel. But, I like you know. to always clarify because we have a mix of so many different belief systems. I mean, we have millions of people who listen to us and you know there's a whole melee of different belief systems. Mm -hmm. So I always, mm -hmm. it's always something that when we're discussing, I like to try to get the different perspectives and, and just sort of, it sort of includes everybody, um, you know. Uh, hey, Hamilton, all the way from the UK, you're still up listening to us live. Wow. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> um, so let's get started on this book because I've been really excited. There's a lot of theories with the moon um, yeah. with respects to, you know, is it really a celestial body? Is it something mechanical? Is it because there were times throughout ancient history, but there's no mention of this thing at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there so, it is. So, yeah, why can't it be both? Yeah, Interestingly, well, interestingly enough, it okay. can be both. And I know that sounds a little weird, and I'll explain. Yeah. Okay, I'll explain. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, 
when it comes to this new, well, let's just recap a little bit. Wherever you want to start, your out. show, your platform, you go. I tell you, I think you're coming on, it is just a huge subject, this moon uh, business, and where to start. So I will start, um, and please, 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 I, I, I tend to lose my thoughts, so remind me to get back to the whole mechanical, uh, you know, versus natural object uh, uh, question. Okay, so... I wrote the first book, the Moon Mysteries book. I wrote that as a, a simplified, at least I thought it was a simplified way of explaining moon anomalies and what's going on for people, you know, who don't have their hand in this subject matter all the time, like you and I do. Right. And Howie. And Howie. <laughs> Howie is one of the girls tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there are people out there who have no idea that there are strange things going on with our moon. So long story short, the moon has um, been showing signs, have been showing anomalous activity since, as far as we know, since the time of the telescope. When the telescope was created, right away, the astronomers were seeing uh, activity on the moon. They were seeing uh, strange lights moving across the moon. They were seeing shadows, mist. Um, uh, at one point, one astronomer said he thought he was seeing insects, like, you know, a swarm, a swarm of black insects moving across the lunar surface. Mm -hmm. And so it was considered science at that time uh, that uh, there were people on the moon. Hmm. They believed that the moon was inhabited, and uh, they called them Philianites. Philianites. I can't ever say that word correctly. Please right. excuse me. <laughs> um, and so these uh, these lunar inhabitants were uh, thought to be going about their business. They, they these scientists believed just like we do on Earth, it was a thing. So here comes the modern era. And uh, our scientists uh, said, well, you know, there's, there's no life on the moon. There's no atmosphere. Nothing's mm -hmm. going on in the moon. The moon is a dead rock in the sky. And they wrote it off as such. However, the astronomers continued to see activity on the moon. Now mm -hmm. you've got these, these people that are seeing um, different colored lights, different sized lights moving across, lights in the craters. But they can't, um, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, one of my lights just, <laughs> so, hmm. we're we talking know. about the moon and lights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. I hope you can still see me. Okay. Oh, yeah, um, we're good. <laughs> so, so the anomalies continued. All right. And uh, our scientists didn't, didn't try to explain it. They just kind of ignored it. Well, I'll tell you who did kind of uh, take a look, and it was NASA. When NASA was created, they kind of said, uh-oh, you know, what's going on up there? Mm. And I mean, so they, they put out three studies on what in the world could be happening up there. Now, they weren't necessarily making it public, but they did it. And uh, one of their publications from that time where they put all what they call uh, transient lunar phenomena, where they uh, put the astronomers, what they saw, the dates, the names of the crater, the length that they saw these lights everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. uh, over the moon, they created a booklet on it. And you know what freaks me out is they did this, they knew something was going on up there, and they still said, I believe that we went up, they still sent people up. So, with that said, 
um, once the uh, astronauts went up, they found, and we we have some of the pictures, and some of them have been, uh, you know, obscured. Mm-hmm. But we uh, we we see, you know, there are structures on the moon. We see we've seen pictures of UFOs on the moon. We've seen pyramids on the moon. There are a lot of pictures that got through. Right. Okay. They right. say, oh, you know, they covered up everything. They didn't cover up everything because you can Google very easily pyramid on the moon and it pops up and it gives you the NASA picture. So my moon mysteries book mm-hmm. introduced people to all of these things, the structures, the UFOs um, that are seen up there and the history of the astronauts and the history of um, Apollo, of, of the Apollo astronauts uh, going up. Um, however, However, with that said, we don't know the origin of the moon. Hmm. So it's got this thing up there. It's got all this activity. They've got the scientists over here saying, no, nothing can be happening. But we're still seeing all the activity. (laughs) And the scientists don't know how it was created. Now, I don't know about everyone out there. When I was younger, I thought the moon had been... um, that I thought they knew how the moon was created. I thought the moon was captured in Earth's gravity and right. was pulled in, right? Um, and then a theory, you know, they've had five theories out there and they've all been uh, dismissed. And then there was a theory of the moon being smacked by, uh, the Earth being smacked by a planet mm-hmm. and uh, the, the big whack theory, they, there's one name for it, um, and being smacked by the planet and created that way because uh, the idea was that a planet the size of Mars had hit Earth and that that part of Earth, part of the Earth was spewed out into the universe and formed the moon. That's what I thought, but that's not what it is. So a lot of us think that we know how the moon was created. They think that, you know, I also thought the Big Bang Theory was how the universe was created. Not, that's a theory. I also thought they knew how we were how we started on Earth, that's right. a theory. Man, I mean, as I've grown, I've learned, they don't know. They just right. don't know. So they don't know where the moon came from. So I'm still going somewhere with the, no, the natural I, moon. You take it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so there is a theory that, uh, well, first of all, I'll just quickly go back to, to ancient times. I've talked about yeah. this in Moon Mysteries book. So in the ancient times, um, we have a number of philosophers, the great men of old writers who talked about a time before there was a moon in the mm-hmm. sky. Yes. And uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, it's, it's out there. They said it. They um, they wrote some uh, verses on it that I hope that oh, I hope that I can get to, um, or, or at least paraphrase where you know they were saying that people uh, lived um, before the time of Ju- the worship of Jupiter, um, mm-hmm. which was before you know you know Mesopotamia and and in Egypt going back way before the before the. Uh, cradle of civilization they talked about there being people that lived named the arcadians and they lived before there was a moon in the sky and that venus was the uh most uh brilliant uh light in the night sky right now most people say oh you know that's kind of crazy but i you know i've said in my new book you can't take you know some things from history 
and say this doesn't apply, where the same people, you know, some of these people who are great writers and, 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 and great men, you can't take some of what they say and discount mm -hmm. it and accept the other. So I'm mm -hmm. saying you have to take what they said seriously. Seriously. <laughs> right. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so what I So if we're, if we're moving up to this time, excuse me, my light is, is distracting me. So, <laughs> so I was trying to repair it now. That's why I... <laughs> it did turn out to be an interesting night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, so I lost my thought. So the... <laughs> ah, okay. So I was saying that we don't know how the moon was created, that uh, the uh, ancient philosophers... Oh. All right. So not only do the ancient philosophers, some of them talk about a time where there was no moon, and they talked about there being um, uh, primitive people called the Ar Arcadians. Mm -hmm. And they said that the Arcadians lived off the land. They were uncultured. You know, they didn't know how to take care of themselves. They ran wild. And, and that was that time period. Now, moving forward a little bit, if we needed more proof that that could be a possibility, and I believe that it was. We can go to Bolivia, where they t where there is an ancient, what we call an ancient gateway of the sun. The ancient mm -hmm. gateway of the sun uh, yes. was a part of an observatory at that time. But this gateway, which is like you know tons and tons, you know, it's just very you know huge and very heavy. It has symbols and writings on it that talks about a time where the moon uh, came in to Earth's orbit. Mm. And, you know, I, for one, I don't believe that the, the ancients were playing a hoax. And, um, no, I mean, they, yeah. they knew. I mean, they, they had more, I think, uh, of an idea of what was going on, celestially speaking, than I think we do, even, like, without a lot of the technology that we have today. They still really managed to uh, document some impressive things. They did. They mm. did. And yeah. they left, I believe they left uh, records, just like we do, they left records for the future. So this thing, you know, this thing is standing, and it talks about the moon coming in, and it talks about the damage that the moon did coming in. You know, it mm -hmm. talks about storms and chaos on the Earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, I think that when you look at these ancient writings, it does tell us that, you know, there was a time where there was no moon in, in the sky. I accept that. Right. And there was at least one, um, gosh, one scientific came forward, and I, I don't remember his name now, and he said, you know, and, you know, absolutely, you know, you can have, you know, the earth exist without, life on earth exists without the moon. Mm. Now, if we just put that aside for a second, our question would be, what would the reason for a moon coming in, uh, you know, not there, but all of a sudden come in. And that's mm -hmm. where, kind of where my new book begins. Mm -hmm. And the, the new book's title is The Moon's Galactic History, A Look at the Moon's Extraterrestrial Path and mm -hmm. Its Connection to Earth. Right. Because if the, all of those ancient writings are correct, and there was no moon, then where did it come from? So my book goes into all of the theories that um, who could have sent it and, and why. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot I'm, of theories. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a lot, and they're, they're pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, because it's an anomaly. 
itself, right? Like, like Tamara says, it does not rotate and always faces the same way. That's sort of different right there for one of us, like, like look at the planets, everything like this is, this never does anything. It just sits. It just sits. It just yeah, sits. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there is a theory, of course, that someone, you know, if, if, if they are and positioned the moon so that we could not see what's going on on that other side mm -hmm. that is, you know, facing away from us for whatever reason, the theory is that they don't want us to know, to know what's happening. Yes. Um, An observatory for earth, Tamara says. I think Constance will get into maybe some of that. Is yeah, what if the yeah. moon is an observatory for Earth? That's right. <laughs> Let's like get that. into it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, should I get into that or should I go any, back any to the we'll I, I think the moon could be an observatory for Earth. Yes. And, and you know, I, I think that is part of, you know, of one of the theories, you know, of. Uh, of being watched and yeah, yeah it's it's this it's one of those theories for sure but let's let's see where you want to start and we're just going to keep up um okay so i'm just trying to move forward yeah. um so there was a there's a story another ancient story from the zulu people um and I, I do have it in my moon mysteries book um and i tie it into the new book and that so there, the, the Zulu people said in their belief that the moon, you know, when they had to um, kind of turn it into a story, they referred to the moon as an egg. And they said that this egg was hollowed out, you know, outside of our universe and that it was, it, it, the yolk was taken out, and then it was sent by two extraterrestrial brothers that are believed to have been of a reptilian species, and mm. that this thing was sent across the universe and placed in Earth's orbit. Okay? Mm. Along those lines, as I move forward into the 1970s, there were two Russian, uh, Russian scientists very prominent. They worked for the government, the, Rush, uh, the Soviets, they worked for them, and they put their reputations on the line when they wrote a paper stating that they believed the moon had been brought from outside of the universe into our vicinity, and they referred to the moon as a spaceship. Mm. All right? So they said that inside of this moon, um, they looked at NASA, first of all, they looked at NASA's um, evidence from the uh, astronauts going up, finding out that the moon was hollow, finding out that it's made of these uh, elements. And it resonated. It read, oh my gosh, yes. It, resume, it resonated <laughs> yeah. Um, for, yeah. for, you know, the first time for an hour, the second time I, they hit that thing harder, and it went on and on for hours and hours, and they were startled. And they uh, they came forward in a press conference and they said, you know, there's just, they don't understand it. You know, it, you shouldn't be doing that unless you know, it's hollow. And I just, you know, want to say that that is not a conspiracy theory. That is something that NASA's astronauts, I yeah. mean, NASA, sorry, NASA yeah. scientists came forward with and, right. and stated, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. It is real. 
you know, it has uh, a lot of um, hollow areas inside of that thing. So these two uh, Rus Russian scientists uh, came forward and they said it looks to them like this is a spaceship, according to the evidence uh, that the uh, NASA's astronauts brought back and them, you know, hitting it and them looking at, you know, what the rocks are made of, looking at what the, the moon's surface is made of, of these very hard elements that they said appear to be designed to uh, be a ship of some sort, that mm -hmm. if it got hit by a meteorite and if it got, you know, bombarded by the radiation, it could survive and that it has a coating on it made to look like a moon, made to uh, look um, artificial. Mm -hmm. And they said inside of, well, let me just see if I can. Yeah, well, you look for that or read off this comment. Um, Earth, okay. uh, Wayne says on the early moon message, it was said that the landing module was dropped back to the surface and the sound of the impact made a resonating sound similar to that of a bell. So it says the next time the astronauts dropped the module from a higher altitude and the resonation lasted much longer. Right. I, I read that the resonation for the second uh, one was uh, three days. That it, it just kept ringing. Yeah. That, that, yeah. So can you imagine if there were someone in there and you're like hitting this thing and they're just kind of bouncing around? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And, you know, to think that if they're in there, they must be peace, peaceful people because they didn't do anything back, you know. Right. As far as we go. Anyway, so these Russian, <laughs> Russian scientists asked the question. Uh, no, excuse me. They, they were quoted as saying in their paper, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship, the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for repair work, navigation instruments, observation equipment, and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable this uh, caravel of the universe to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization. Uh, with the idea of a prolonged existence and long wanderings through space. And this is NASA? This that, is uh, not NASA. This is, oh. these are two uh, Russian scientists, scientists. in wow. the 70s. Looked at NASA yeah. and put their, um, rep, put their uh, reputations on the line and came forward with this idea. Wow. So, um, yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, and since since that time, others have uh, have come forward too with you know similar you know theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so let's see. We are at the uh, we are at the. I'm trying to. Oh, okay. So let me just get back to the question. I, really, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to answer it otherwise. So number one, that ties into it being a natural object and an unnatural object at the same time because they think that originally it was a planetoid. Right. All right. And um, so you've got that natural and unnatural, but why would a celestial being attach itself to it? Because if anytime you have a group of people Mm. You are going to have more than likely, this is like, you know, just another subject, but you're going to have 
you know, a, a celestial being that is a, attached to a group, no matter mm -hmm. if we're humans, if we're flowers, if mm -hmm. we're animals, we have guardians and angelic beings with the different groups. So that is my theory. And, right. you know, this group of people, just like humans, have angels, perhaps they have as right. well. Right. If there's one in there. Yes, yes, yes. That's interesting. Um, hold on. Wayne has a comment. When you look at the surface of the moon, it looks relatively uniform. Huge craters, miles across. Uh, looks not that different from smaller ones. It looks as though it was indeed created. Yeah. So I think what he's, he's talking about, and actually this was one of the Russian scientist uh, uh, pieces of evidence, they said, was that when you look at the craters, and there's an impact on the moon that the craters are, are around two and a half miles deep. No matter how hard the impact, uh, they don't go any deeper. Right. Which uh, talks again about that, about that protected, about that protective shell. Mm. Yeah, that's it, definitely a fascinating thing. It gives you sort of makes you think about that whole. You know, planet Earth is a zoo kind of thing, and we're just a bunch of lab rats being monitored by, you know, extraterrestrials from above, um, a whole mix of different um, beings that come from literally everywhere across many universes or galaxies. You know, look at the crypto, uh, the crypto terrestrials, for example. That's just a whole other thing. I mean, boy, dimensional and multiverses, and oh, my God. We could just go on and on. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. But you know what? I just think, I think that is really important for us to to figure it out. I think that we are living in a um, universe full of life, right. and uh, you know, we didn't get. I mean, for our space travel, we didn't get any further than the moon. No. I mean, before we ran into something out there. That's true. You know, and true. where there's one, there's many. And, you know, there is a theory that um, the reason we don't have disclosure yet isn't because the governments aren't telling us. It's because the extraterrestrials may be controlling that. They have been... Um, so for people who have channeled extraterrestrials, people who have claimed to uh, have gone on extraterrestrial ships, uh, there are stories of uh, extraterrestrials having visited governments on Earth. All of these, there are many who have said they don't yet think humans are ready for disclosure. And it just may be them that are calling the shots here as to when, you know, we can have this information made public. Although, if you look at what's going on out there today, it looks like it's coming soon. Well, I look at the last country to give disclosure is the United States. You look at countries like Brazil and France, for example, they've been doing this all the way along. Brazil actually would encourage all of its pilots, Air Force or non-Air Force, to submit their stories, same with their citizens. And they've had, there's a center that you can go to where all this information goes to that is open to everyone who is interested in doing research on extraterrestrials, UFOs. Not that the military, you know, discloses everything, but it's a lot more than what we seem to get here in North America. France has also been very forthcoming with a lot of their information and 
people have been like they get a sighting they've always said okay well here it is you know it, it sort of makes you wonder like, all these other countries so many other countries you, you have those you know who like, the allies <laughs> you know who all sort of think alike but then you have a lot of these other countries that even russia came and disclosed before um you know the united states did. and there's tons of stories that you can find on information that they've given throughout the years even russian scientists would say you know we don't have to go into space we know how to call them you look at the whole ce5 movement wow. russian scientists were doing it in the 70s you know like they would go to one designated spot and call them in and this is how they would do some of their research it's like so are we the last ones on board here like you know I don't know. Is it because the United States are considered the superpower and they're only allowed to go so fast? Maybe? I don't I don't know, but I, I, I just have my own opinion. So yeah. Yeah. this new book, um, I put in, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the Brookings Report. No, I have not heard of that. Okay, so um, I have to tell you, I just got this book. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I'm just looking at my book for the first time, so I kind of have to flip it around no, to I'm find not. out where everything uh -huh. is. All right. So basically, um, the bookings, I think it has to do with the bookings report and the um, astronauts going, going up. Two things happened. So the Brookings report was originally titled The Proposed Studies on the Implications of Peaceful Space Activities for Human Affairs. Wow. It says it says, while face-to-face -face meetings with it aliens mm. will not occur within the next 20 years, they thought, unless its technolo technology is more advanced than ours qualifying it to visit Earth, artifacts left at some point in time by these life forms might possibly be discovered through our space activities on the Moon, Mars, or Venus. Um, so they were, I want to make, I don't want to read the whole thing. The long story short, they were expecting that something would happen, but they advised NASA. NASA went to a uh, the Brookings Institution, I think that's called, to get their advice on what to do if when they sent the astronauts up, they encountered something. So they yeah. had said, you know, at that time, that within the next, you know, 20 years, it could happen, but, you know, so they advised them in this Brookings report not to tell the public, long story short, not to tell the public because the public wasn't ready and it would collapse, um, you know, the economy and the religious institution and all of that. And I think that they, not just me, but a number of people think that that is one reason why uh, NASA has been so hush-hush about things. Mm -hmm. the, the other, did you want to comment before? Because I know I, I talk a lot. No, 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 no. This, you go ahead. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know why I, I keep popping this up. Sorry. <laughs> My elbow keeps touching it. <laughs> Um, the other thing, in, in all seriousness, is that there is a rumor that uh, the astronauts were warned off the moon. And um, if you have a country, you know, that have sent people up and they've encountered something and they believe that, the you know, they don't want us up there, that I could see why that might be a secret mm -hmm. by the government if that story is true. There's a lot of, of um, 
documentation about the, you know, by the astronauts themselves, you know, when they were retired or, you know, literally upon their passing and, and talking to family members. And I think also when their um, NDAs probably came to pass, they spoke about that. They did say that they were, you know, told that they could not return to the moon. They were told by NASA because they had seen things. They saw extraterrestrials. They saw things and mm -hmm. they were told they couldn't speak about it. And there was, there was a couple of interviews that if you look at them, mm -hmm. you know, when they came back from their missions, they looked so disheartened. Like they just sort of sat there somber because they couldn't right. talk about it. They couldn't talk about it. No. And not only couldn't they, they talk about it, but it was quite shocking to the system, I'm sure. So, um, man, we're, we're jumping all, all around, but I do want to get back uh, eventually yeah, to absolutely. what I, yep. But since we're on the subject, uh, the story is, is this. Um, so the Apollo 11 mission uh, went up. And uh, the story is that when they exited the, uh, well, no, on their way down, mm -hmm. and when they exited, there were extraterrestrial ships sitting on the edge of a crater. Mm -hmm. And they were huge. They were described as menacing. Now, how do we know this? Because, um, <laughs> certainly not because the press release no. went out <laughs> about it, right? Sure. Right. So, sure. <laughs> the astronauts were uh, said to, uh, Armstrong and Aldrin were, were said to have gotten on a private uh, medical channel and relayed this information. And there was a delay for the people watching from Earth so that, you know, you know they couldn't figure out that something was up. Um, so that is w one story, but also I recently came across um, an interview by a journalist and uh, who said that she had uh, talked with Neil uh, Armstrong's best friend and he was telling him how depressed Neil Armstrong was when he came back. He said because on their way down, you know, they had to turn the limb so that the camera wouldn't show those extraterrestrial ships there. And uh, that was another aspect of the story that I had never heard before, that, you know, they that they had to, like, quickly turn it so that the audience wouldn't see these things, right? But um, so for people, you know, there are people who still don't believe it. I mean, how do we get the information about the... Um, the two talking on the private uh, channel because there were people with radios that picked up. They're saying they picked this this uh, dialogue up between uh, the astronauts and mission control. Wow. So I always said, okay, well, you know, I, I believe the story, but that doesn't make it true. And how can we get proof, more proof? So I, I came across something that I call the smoking gun. It's like my own personal smoking gun, right? So there's a man named uh, by the name of Christopher Kraft. He was an aerospace engineer, mm -hmm. and he worked as the director of the NASA tracking base in Houston during the Apollo program and worked very closely with Apollo 11. Mm -hmm. He has been referred to as the legendary founder of NASA's Mission Control. So this guy founded Mission Control. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, it says, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote that after leaving NASA, Kraft re- recounted what happened on the moon with the Apollo 11 astronauts. Mm-hmm. And um, so I go into this 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 dialogue, and it says, uh, uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were saying, those are giant things. No, no, this is not an optical illusion. They're on the line. No one is going to believe this. And mission control is saying, what, what? What the H is happening? What's wrong with you? And the astronauts are saying, they're here on the surface. And, and, and mission control is saying, uh, what's there? And, and the astronaut says, we saw some visitors. They were here for a while observing the instruments. And, and then mission control is saying, repeat your last information. And the astronaut says, I say there are other spaceships there lined up on the side of the crater. And it you know, goes off a little bit. I won't read the whole thing. But right. I just figured if you've got someone, you know, who created mission control saying this, of course, after you left NASA, mm. then uh, what other um, what other proof do you need? I mean, obviously, he was a you know, person of reputation. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he wasn't the only one. There were a number of people that have come forward that mm-hmm. have talked about what the Apollo 11 astronauts saw. So somebody, I believe, is up there. I mean, all the astronauts at one point or another, you know, all the favorites, all the greats, they have all spoken of seeing something out there. All of them. All of them. And on their way, every last uh, uh, mission to the moon had some interaction uh, with with a strange encounter. Uh, Mm -hmm. There there were lights, you know, there were some... uh, some missions where there were lights from the outside shining brightly in and, and blinding them. Um, and with one of the missions, uh, something flew past them and made their craft move around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pitch and, and, and yawn. They, were, they lost control, almost lost control of the craft from whatever it was, this UFO that went past them so fast. Right. Um, there were some that saw... Uh, UFOs flying up from the surface of the moon. This is, you know, while they're still in space, I'm mm. talking about. There mm. were some, some, uh, you know, some of the uh, astronauts that had to stay in the command module while the others went down mm-hmm. had saw things, you know, flying across the moon, and um, just all, uh, just you know, amazing experiences. The ones on the ground on the lunar surface saw constructions. Um, we have pictures of reflections even in helmets. I mean, there were so many things you can see, things like looking at the picture of an astronaut's helmet, you can see something, you know, that he's looking at because it's reflected. Um, You know, we had a couple of astronauts who were almost hit by something that flew past them. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite stories is uh, the the tale of, um, I I call it like the the shoebox structure, where uh, Apollo 17 astronauts were riding in their little dune buggy right. and uh, across the lunar surface, and they came across this uh, this building. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a big shoebox, and it was made, it, it was covered, it looked like, with the same material that the moon is made of. And uh, so this was shown back on Earth 
when people were watching this mission, and there are people that still talk about this today. Oh, yeah, you know, I saw a structure on the moon. Well, at that time, they tried to hide it because when it hit the camera, and Walter Cronkite was mm -hmm. the person that was, uh, you know, doing the news broadcast, and he said, that looks like a man-made structure, and then it went dark, right? And they came back 20 minutes later and with the story for Conkright saying that the little dune buggy, the camera on it, had accidentally taken a picture of itself. Sure. <laughs> right. Right? Uh, right? So, um, yeah, so they encountered a lot of things up there. And I, I, I tell you, there is at least one story where one of the astronauts uh, encountered a being that was actually outside of the ship. Uh, waiting for them, mm -hmm. and he was like uh, an ethereal being that he was translucent. You could see right through him, which was which was interesting because there is, and I can't remember the name of it, but there are a group of extraterrestrials that are said to be ethereal. You know, I mean, yeah, we they, they call them the the, um, the light ones, don't aren't they? Called the light ones, or the Council of Nine, or there's there's different ones. That are, there are different just, ones. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yes, yes. And so you can see, but he didn't do anything to the astronauts. For people who think that uh, they, they might be dangerous extraterrestrials lurking about, I don't believe that they're on the moon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we've yeah. had 12 men walk around up there, and yeah. uh, nothing ever happened. Right. So Wayne reiterates the same thing that I had made mention when the first astronauts did their first press conference. None of them look elated by their achievement, but instead they look quite withdrawn and deeply troubled by something, which completely, which is what we said. You know, they look really withdrawn and they, they didn't really, because they weren't allowed to speak about their experiences. You know, much like many of the Air Force pilots or Navy pilots. Because I know my, my producer, I mean, he's been on the Nimitz and uh, the Nimitz has had many UFO encounters and they're never allowed to talk about it. So it just makes sense. I mean, you know, astronauts at the end of the day are Air Force. Right. Right. So you don't talk unless you are allowed to talk. So it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Um, where do you think so from from this point, all this documentation is going on? I mean, he makes it all the way to Apollo 17. When do they, when are they told no more? You can't come back no more. Like this is it. Because I remember being in grade school and I'm aging myself, but it was a freaking long time ago. And they were saying then that they had hoped by 2030 that they would have, like, I remember reading this in a book in a school library, thinking that they would have colonized the moon by 2030. But instead they were completely turned away. They got up there and they found out that someone else lived there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know why that surprised them, considering they had documentation of movement, light, strange things going on, on with the moon. Something yeah. was causing the commotion up there. Who was it? Mm -hmm. And there is, there is some uh, talk as to... It, you know that they did have an inclination that there was that there were beings up there, but they wanted to beat, uh, you know, Russia up because you know this could be you know a, a security thing, and they sure. wanted to be the first to check out these, you know, these lights and things in in ships 
uh, about ship structures. Right. You know, I believe that they knew. I believe that they knew, and I'm surprised that they that they would have sent anyone up because that could have been, to me, it could have been really dangerous. But they have, they have, they, I could completely see that. But you have to like all these structures, for example. Okay, look at this again. I'm doing that thing. All these structures, the pyramids, this building. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much mirrors what we have here. Right. In some of our ancient structures. So right. did this did this anomaly come into our our solar system with these structures intact? Because right. these things were there here on this planet before a lot of these Greek philosophers. Right. That's where I come in with my new book. Okay, good. All right, perfect. Okay. Segway, new book. Yeah. Of, course I don't have, of course, I don't have the answers, but obviously, yeah. there was or is still a civilization up there, an ancient civilization. You can see today, and these, these pictures are from the probes uh, that they've sent up here and there to take pictures of the lunar surface. You can see structures, you can see buildings that uh, obviously were one time utilized. They mm -hmm. could still be utilized. And so the question is, what you said, did it come in with the, did, did this, did the moon come in with the people that were living on it or inside of it and came outside of it once it was planted where it is, that, that is a possibility, mm. and, um, and, and lived there, and are they there now, and did they, or did they vacate, okay, are they using both the inside and the outside of the moon, so basically we have ancient structures that look intact, that we've seen in pictures, and then there are people like um, Michael Barra, who uh, has written a couple of books on the moon, and he's talked about some of the structures and how they looked blown apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, they look like uh, there there was uh, some kind of war up there. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is that there are structures that look intact that are ancient, and structures that look like they were blown apart. And there are craters on the moon that look like they were not created by meteorites, but they look like it was some sort of nuclear blast right. that caused them. So, but when you get back here on Earth, and I talk about this in the book, when you get back here on Earth, there are places, um, South America, in the jungles, that look like two ruins of cities that were that suffered from a nuclear war ages ago, mm. and it has or they have all of the markings of what happened under a nuclear attack, and the scientists have been scratching their heads trying to figure that out because, mm. of course, you know, as far as we know, we didn't have the capability. But that goes that goes into the the the, uh, the possibility, of course that we did have the capability, obviously, that there was an ancient civilization on Earth that, you know, perhaps uh, had that capability and we started over. And we Because it's thought that Earth has had to start over, that humans have had to start over in technology a few times. Ah, there goes the light again. Uh, a few times. <laughs> 
I hope that it's gone now. It's still fixing it down. But uh, there were a uh, 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 So the question is, is there a connection to the um, the old those ancient cities that look like they were blasted apart in in on Earth, and the ones connected to the moon? Was there a cosmic war? And some believe that maybe Mars and the moon and Earth were all a part of the cosmic war. And the question is, were we fighting each other? Or were the three, if there's someone on the moon uh, and there was someone on Mars and, and us here, were we fighting a, 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 a complete enemy? Well, but it does let me throw a twist into that. Some people believe, some researchers believe that Venus also was brought into our solar system that it's not supposed to be there oh wow i read that recently as well i'm like what <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and that's what do you something... have to say about that one <laughs> a designer yeah a designer you know for whatever reason you know uh there is is uh, i guess i don't know if it's my theory or if it's out there you know yeah uh, when I started this research years ago, I was surprised to find so many like-minded people. Once I raised my kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought I would be missing out there for real. That's my thought. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, you know, perhaps there is a feeder, feeder yes. of planets that yeah. brought them in, and um, you know, placed them where they are. And not only is Earth. Uh, inhabited and the moon looks like it is inhabited, um, but that the other places are as well. And there are different kinds of beings and humanoids. They all seem to be humanoid, but they, uh, you know, exist, of course, differently. How we live on Earth is not, of course, how someone may live on another planet. And when I, I listen to the scientists, you know, they're always saying, oh, nobody can live on that planet, you know. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how a, 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 the makeup of an alien being would be, you know. And, and everybody's assuming that they're all coming from the stars. I mean, you know, you look at ancient cultures who talked about these beings living underground. Here already, why wouldn't it be on Mars or on the moon, let's say? I mean, why are we always assuming this is coming from the stars? It could be dimensional. They could be coming through dimensionally, through portals. It could be here already. The Hopi Indians spoke of it. I mean, the, you know, the ancient Incans and the Mayans spoke of it, about beings coming from underground. Were they, I guess, I guess the, the question would be if there was this galactic war, you know, um, were they driven underground? Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, right. it's like, it, it could go, it could go no, wow. right. a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, collab would collaborate a little bit about what you're saying. Um, Tamara says, if they move Venus and the moon, what else can they do? That's right. That's right. And I, and I tell you what, Tamara, what is a concern if, if they can uh, move the moon in, will they move it out one day? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, that's something else, you know. If, you know, they bring this thing in, you look at how people and the planet are affected by the moon. Ocean currents, things of that nature, water. We're made up mostly of water. 
Why are people so affected by this thing that apparently just got brought in this mechanical thing and right. yet we're so affected by it? Right, right. So I am. Um... I, I talk a little bit about what the moon can be, and I give this, this hypothesis. Yeah, she says if they move the moon, it would it could cause tidal waves. It's just what we're talking about. Yeah, we would be in trouble. We would yeah. be in trouble. So, you know, if there's someone on the moon that can move the moon, don't you think we should be friends with them? <laughs> yeah, I'd be down. <laughs> well, look at the havoc it caused coming in. It's going to cause just as much turmoil going out. Right. You know, I have an, um, I, I, I'll, I'll show you this in a minute, but okay. um, there was, a, and I, I put this in my book as, as a thing, there was a movie, and I'm beginning the name of it, by with George Clooney. Mm, I wish I could remember. You can Google it. It was about astronauts. Um, and uh, basically, I, one. I, right? I see it in my head, yes. <laughs> yeah. So... He had to, there was a cataclysm, and I don't even remember what it was now, a cataclysm coming to Earth, and there were astronauts in space, and he had to warn those astronauts to stay away from, from uh, Earth, mm -hmm. not come back, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually those astronauts, they, they couldn't come back, they, could, they had to leave, and, and then Earth suffered the cataclysm. And it makes you wonder... So what if something like that happened in our ancient past? Because I'll tell you, there are writings that talk about uh, ancient men or the ancient gods having extra, well, having knowledge of how to uh, fly and create ships that left the earth. And some of them, uh, we go went to the moon and and beyond. I think that was Shiva, and uh, the the god Shiva, and he would go to the moon and back. Now, uh, the, you know, what if there were people, you know, because they said if you believe in Atlantis, Atlantis had um, access to uh, this technology. It existed the around the same. The yeah. What if yeah. they got out there and got stuck? If we had, uh, and we have had, I think it's five cataclysms. If we had cataclysms and there were people out there in ancient times, we had that technology. Could someone have gotten stuck out there? Could they have gotten stuck on the moon? Could they have just started traveling to the moon? There was a cataclysm on Earth and they couldn't come back. Mm -hmm. Could they be us? Well, a lot of people believe that, let's say, greys, for instance, are us way in the future, and they're coming back here to, you know, intervene somehow because of maybe what happened to them. As I, Tamara says here, it's, it sounds similar to the story of Planet X. So, I mean, if, I think I think anything is possible, for sure, because... We're not the first kick of the can with civilization being on planet Earth. That's for sure. You know, there's there's discoveries being made all the time that are millions of years old, you know, and, and devices and, and, you know, that are like, what the heck is this? And, you know, they, they found what is a part of a hammer in Texas. It's like 
how, I don't know, what, a million years old? How many hundreds of thousands of years old? Yeah. They found a nuclear reactor yeah. in Europe that's 250 million years old. You yeah. know, like that was used to mine. <laughs> it's like yeah. we're not the first kick at the can. So for us to say, no, this isn't a thing. Mm, they've been saying all along, no, 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 you know. There was no one here before us. Well, you know what? The planet is giving up her secrets. And the water is giving up its secrets. And you we're finding ancient civilizations starting to surface everywhere. That's just here on planet Earth. Yes. Yes. Isn't it mind-boggling to think oh, we've yeah. been walking around all this time with all of this going on, you know, beneath our feet and above our head. And, yeah. and we didn't know. We're just carrying on with our lives. And we mm -hmm. just, we didn't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's true. You know, people walk around with their heads in the clouds. It's just like, boy, oh, boy, there's a lot here that um, has been deliberately kept from us. That that that's That's a given because information is surfacing all the time and academics are finally, some are coming forward saying, yeah, whatever, this is here. We can't hide this anymore. You know, what are you going to lose your 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 credibility or your integrity by just going along with something when all the information is starting to surface? And again, that's here. That's just, you know, archaeologists. You know, on on for the most part, I think we're coming through, and they're saying, yeah, this was a thing. But it's everyday researchers and discoverers, people who are studying this, who are bringing a lot of this to light, and modern day academics are trying to say, no, it's not a thing. You know, why, yeah. why, why are we suppressed so much? Yeah, they, they, they said that they're afraid it will, there will be a collapse of the civilization, mm -hmm. you know. But um, I believe that, you know, we're going to have to rip that Band-Aid off mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and deal with it. If we want to grow as a, as a world, as a species. I mean, do we want to just be stagnant forever here? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're destroying each other. We're destroying the planet. Mm. We're, you know, it looks like not even being stagnant. It looks like we're, you know, regressing. You know, we're still doing <laughs> primitive, <We are>. war <laughs> primitive warfare. Primitive mm -hmm. warfare. You know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. But if we ever want to move forward, we're mm -hmm. going to have to come to the terms that we're not alone in the universe, that we have a past, you know, mm -hmm. where we have had to start over again. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, don't we want to be the ones heading into the stars? Mm -hmm. Don't we want to be the ones who are, you know, going out and, you know, I love Star Trek, so exploring new worlds and more right. civil, you know, new civilizations. Don't we want to be those people? Do we just we want to have been. They say we should be living right now, if we wouldn't have been suppressed, we should be living in a Star Trek type of era, at least with some of the technology. But I mean, you look at Gene Roddenberry, the, the allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, you know, mm -hmm. he, he created Star Trek after a meeting he had with the Council of Nine. And right. he was supposed to meet with them again before he passed. If that is indeed a thing, you know, yes. which a lot of people believe it is. I would I'm sure one of them. Yeah, right. It would sure explain how advanced that series was for its time, and was, that was in preparation to prepare us for what's out there. Why is it so easy for us to look at this amazing program and go, "Yeah, 
crayons. Yeah, all this. Yeah, we're into it. We believe it all. But yet when it comes to real life and somebody who's a serious researcher goes, okay, hey, there's this. We're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, why is it so hard for, 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 for people just to, to just turn blindly to it and go, no, that can't be a thing. You dig it on Star Trek, but you just don't want to think it's a real thing. You know, allegedly, some of this, a lot of this was was given to him to ease us into this age and all of the suppression. We've never made it to that age. Maybe we're that's right. realities, man. We're just living in a lot of reality that sucks. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. But you're you're you've got connections here. You've got this this ancient connection for these extraterrestrials to planet Earth. So I'll let you take it from here. Again, <laughs> I was enjoying listening to it anyway. I so was, yeah, I want you to talk as much as you can about your book because I well, think it just looks fascinating. So I'm going to piggyback on what you said about Gene Roddenberry because okay. the Gene Roddenberry story is one of my all-time favorite and. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've connected one of his shows, uh, Star Trek shows from the original in, 19, in the 1960s. And if you're mm -hmm. like me, you, you'll know this one. It's my favorite one. The name mm -hmm. of it is For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. So um, because I know that Gene Roddenberry was meeting with, you know, uh, a person that were channeling extraterrestrials and yes i believe that star trek was based on that mm -hmm. i also heard that some of his scripts were um possibly based on what he had learned so right. in this episode i liken this episode to the moon and to the moon being hollow so captain kirk and his crew <laughs> were on a mission uh, to uh, to stop a asteroid from hitting a Federation planet, mm -hmm. and uh, this asteroid is you know speeding through. Well, I guess it was speeding through space. And I don't know if it's slow or going fast actually, mm -hmm. but it was going through space, and uh, they were told to stop it. So they uh, they uh, a few of them beamed over to the asteroid. And they were shocked to find out that it indeed was not an asteroid. It was a spaceship that was designed to look like an asteroid. It was camouflaged. And it was camouflaged because it had people living inside. And this was uh, what we would call a generation spaceship. Not only were there people living inside, there was a whole civilization, not just like five people. There was a civilization inside, and they had been traveling on this thing for many, many years. People had, had grown up and, and died, and generations had passed mm -hmm. on this world. And it was taking, you know, because space is so large, that, you know, it was taking it forever to reach one point to the other. And um, so... Uh, there was a man on it who was telling the captain that when he was a child, it's one of my favorite things it's in my book, pictures in my book, I was so excited that it made it in. That yeah. <laughs> And he's saying, yeah, I, I climbed up and I, uh, I was able to sneak because they were not allowed to leave. 
the right. in the interior only and they I, I i climbed up and i looked and i was on 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 top and and i know that he said for the world is hollow and i have touched the sky no no sounds like the german show <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was, he was struck dead. Right. He was struck dead right there mm -hmm. for saying it. Right. And so, you know, I just wonder how much information Gene Roddenberry had because we are saying the same thing about the moon mm -hmm. that there may be people living inside of it and also using the outer. Now, the outer shell these days, um, which uh, because there are astronomers that uh, are saying that are coming forward and they're showing their videos online and they're saying, gosh, you know, it looks like there's structures going up there on the moon. And they were saying this, you know, in the 60s, people were saying, you know, there looks like structures going up, there looks like bridges going up, and they're mm -hmm. saying even more today about the exterior. So my question is, you know, are there people on the exterior and the interior, or are there people using the same, is it the same group, you know, mm -hmm. of being? Are they separate? But anyway, so anyway, what was I going to say? So the generation ship is a hypothesis of what the moon could actually be. If it mm -hmm. came in and was a civilization of people that maybe were uh, running from a, a sun, Going up or going over or mm. um, supernova or whatever the term mm. is, where they they're leaving because of a yeah. catastrophe yeah. on the Earth, and that's why the moon came in. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that would be a, a, an escape ship. That's what I have in my book. I talk about that, um, and it, I likened it to like Noah's Ark, where this escape escape ship took a bunch of people, maybe the best of the best, maybe DNA samples and all of this stuff, put it into the ship and moved it across the universe and it decided maybe the Earth's orbit was the best place, you know, for them to park. Um, someone had a theory that maybe it even broke down and they couldn't couldn't move anymore. Yes, yes. It's, huh. I mean, let's face it. You have astronauts and scientists who have all experienced this thing resonating, sounding like a bell, a planet or a celestial um, rock formation, anything you want to call it, isn't going to do that. So there's there's got to be something to it. I mean, or otherwise, what is, is, is this just all a story? Is it all something else to just fool the masses? Right. You know, like you've got too many people kind of going, no, like this happened. This is a thing. We saw this. We experienced this. We heard this. But yet we are led to believe something entirely different. So what is, you know, what's up with that? Because when you have all of these philosophers who are saying, no, it wasn't there, you know, then it's all of a sudden it's there. So who is it? Were they just not talking about it? Was it just, you know, you talk about the stars. Why would you not talk about this big celestial thing in this it, night sky? It, it just, it just boggles my mind. I, I, I don't get yeah. it. Um, so uh, there's a, this reminds me of a Star Trek, Star Trek quote that I right. had to share. 
Um, <clears throat> we don't know what it is. So uh, in my book, um, I had a bit of fun and I put data from Star Trek. Right. It's something that something that he said one time. Uh, uh, he said, the beginning of wisdom is, I do not know. He was looking at something alien. The beginning of wisdom is, I do not know. I do not know what that is. Hmm. The beginning of wisdom is just admitting when we don't know what it is. And then you get out and you try to figure it out. And I'll tell you something that um, science writer Isaac Asanoff once mm. stated, what in blazes is our moon doing way out there? Mm. It's too far out to be a true satellite of Earth. It's too big to have been captured by the Earth. The chances of such a capture having been affected and the moon then having been taken up a nearly circular orbit about the Earth are too small to make such an eventuality credible. Mm -hmm. But then, if the moon is neither a true satellite of the Earth nor a captured one, what is it? So, still, nobody knows what it is. Right. It's, it's the, the anomaly. Yet again. It's the anomaly. <laughs> yeah. Yet again. So, so, we talked about it being possibly an escape ship. The other thing, it, in this kind of system too, the escape, escape ship category would be the, a city ship. So a city ship is something that has been seen um, in science, science fiction. And when Gene Roddenberry was talking, was listening to this channel information, he was basically told that what the beings were on was a city ship. And this was um, not just something where, it was not something where people escaped. It was something that if a, a world not a world within itself that travels the universe, um, not for a, you know any any other reason than that is where they live, and you know they're trying to help people and they're trying to do science, and that um, I think the, the city ship was more than what we saw in Star Trek. I mean, it had uh, you know a place for for farming, you know, and recreation and, and living and, and habitats. It wasn't, it was just different than the escape ship scenario. So that's mm -hmm. one, one theory. And they just, you know, for whatever reason, decided mm -hmm. to, uh, to be here. And mm -hmm. the, 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 the thing is, um, there have been ships seen, uh, UFOs now, today, uh, you know, these days, mm -hmm. leaving the moon in large crevices. Have you seen these videos yeah, of yeah, them coming exactly. and going, you know, as if they are going home, you mm -hmm. know, into their world, you know, parking their cars. And also on top of the world, uh, top of the moon, it looks like there are craters that have ships. So you can see these lights around craters on some of these videos. So then should we be asking ourselves, um, is it military? Is it our military? Because let's face it, you know, there's all this hypothesis about, about, you know, the planet having a space force because, you know, false flags go, you know, we're going to, you know, aliens are going to be an issue. They're going to take over. So there's all of this hypothesis that there has been this, this, like they, 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 let's just say from the Roswell days, 
they were able to reverse engineer crafts and they're on the moon. Some people say there's a base on the moon. Mm -hmm. Some people believe it, they belong. It's a, a planetary thing. So, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Actually, hold your thoughts. I have to do a station ID. Okay. <laughs> ID. okay. So you can get your stuff. I'm going to do a, a station and sponsor ID. So you are listening to The Outer Realm with myself, Michelle DeRoche, and our very special guest, Constance Victoria Briggs. We are discussing her newest book, The Moon's Galactic History, A Look at the Moon's Extraterrestrial Past and Its Connection to Earth. Uh, we want to... Uh, thank our sponsors, Folgers Coffee, who is just a completely awesome. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, we'd like to also thank um, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, um, also um, our sponsor and award-winning composer of Halloween horror and sci-fi electronic music. Find him everywhere, Folgers course we could find everywhere uh we'd like to thank them both so wherever you are tuning in make sure you come into the chat room and uh interact with us it's getting very interesting it has been a very interesting hour and a half so far and we've got a half hour to go so now we are back at it <laughs> stage is yours once again okay so basically um yeah, it's kind of my my thoughts on the whole thing is it's a little bit complicated. Right. Um, so you know, first of all, there were plenty of sightings of lights and movement and weird things going on way before we had a military. Before there was the United States, mm -hmm. so there's someone else on the moon unless yeah. they left. However, does this does this does not mean that the governments don't have a secret uh, space agency and sure. may already be there working, working with, with the extraterrestrials. That's, sure. that, that is a thing, and that's a story, a theory. So um, can I just read a little bit? Yes, absolutely, go for it. So mm -hmm. I talk about that theory a little bit. It says, um, another scenario for humans being on the moon is that uh, the governments from Earth placing secret, secret colonies there. Mm -hmm. When we see the activity on the moon, supposedly this may be those that were sent there on secret missions to colonize the moon. Some propose that it may be a German colony that was started in the 1940s. Allegedly, the Germans reverse engineered an extraterrestrial spaceship, which allowed them to travel into space. I'm not so sure about that. I'm just putting the theory. They right. are believed by some to be living on the far side of the moon. Other governments are believed by some to have established a secret mode of travel to the moon as well. Mm -hmm. I, I have my doubts about the Germans, but you know, it is part of the chapter. Theory this, floating around, yeah. This is what really gets me. Ben Rich, and I'll just read this. The theory is that we the, the theory is that they were able to establish settlements on the moon american aeronautical engineer ben rick oh constance you're frozen frozen hello <laughs> oh boy Hopefully she'll just come on back. I know that she was having 
some problems with her lights and so on. Maybe there's something going on at her end. So let's just, oh, there we go. There we are. You're back. It, you completely froze on us. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did too. I was, everything went dark. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> did you, could you, could you, so you couldn't hear me. I should be no, again. We so you'll have to go again. Yeah. That's okay. It says, okay. Uh, <laughs> so the theory is, yeah, I just, I have an all black screen. And so the theory is that they were able to establish settlements on the moon. American aeronautical engineer, Ben Rich is regarded as a brilliant scientist and is known as the father of stealth. He was a former head engineer in charge of the Lockheed Skunk, that's the name of it, Lockheed Skunk Works. He led the development of the F-117, the initial production stealth aircraft. He is a person that had inside information on our state-of-the-art science and technology and possibly UFOs and extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. Rich is quoted as stating in a speaking engagement, we already have the means to travel among the stars. Yes, absolutely. So if you doubt it, if you doubt it, there you again, you have someone, you know, with a high reputation, doesn't get any higher I think, than that, who mm -hmm. says we can do it. So we could quite possibly, we quite possibly, he said we could do it. Now, did we do it? So we well, could be up there working with them. Technically, we've got like the space shuttle that's flying amongst the stars. I mean, how I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. Like, we do have space shuttles, we do have the, the space station, we're among the stars. And just for the record, that space station is always capturing UFOs and fleets of UFOs. You know what I'm saying? So yes. Just, just putting that out there. Just playing devil's yes. advocate. So, but I, I definitely know this this article because I, I'm, you know, I'm really familiar with him, and he has been very vocal about the fact that we are very much present out there. They have a presence out there already, so they're they're fully aware of what's going on. It's just us people here who apparently aren't ready for it <laughs> that aren't allowed to know it. But, you know, I always say this device right here in the hands of billions of people, they're seeing things and you can't hide it anymore. It's just that uh, if right technology in the hands of the modern person, just the common man. It's amazing. I know. Isn't it it's great? amazing, and yeah. I can't believe that people don't don't aren't buying into UFOs when they're all over the place. People are mm -hmm. constantly shooting videos of UFOs, and I'm like, do you really have to have an experience to understand? And it's not just UFOs. I mean, this is a whole other show. But they are they are you know getting pictures of things we never knew existed on Earth before. No, it's true. It's true. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about cryptids, but we won't. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, oh, my but, God. But, but people will say there's this whole other terminology for, for these cryptids, and it's crypto-terrestrials. Crypto you know, like, I, how, how, we don't know. All of this old folklore, it comes from somewhere. These That's beings, right. things that are being seen, they're coming from somewhere. I mean, were they here first? You know, again, portals, interdimensional. <laughs> I think some of them were here. Were here first. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, you know, there's one that I've been reading about it. Yeah, 
I, I think, yeah, there's a lot going on out there, people. And there are a lot of be there's a lot of beings around us too that we can't see. All right, uh, we're not alone. Our, our our vision, earthly vision, only goes but so far. We can't we can't see like like the dogs and the cats can see see uh, spirits and things. There are things around us that we. we there's a lot going on. It mm. does certainly keep things, you know, like interesting. It does. And people are having sightings without a doubt. And it's just trying to explain these. We've had people come on the show talking about this and with a whole other spin. In fact, we have a man coming on who spent 50 years researching Bigfoot at a quantum level. He's going to be on at the end of October. Cool. Like quantum Bigfoot. I'm like, I am so damn. Wow. Yeah. I want to so know about this. <laughs> it's just because it's it is, it's huge, you know. It's just things that make make a degree of sense, you know. But hey, that's just me. So where are we going next? <laughs> so I'm still actually okay. So gosh, how much time do we have? No, I do want to hit I do want to hit um, uh, some more theories as to what it is really quick. Uh, a garden, the Garden of Eden. Okay. So um, the Garden of Eden hypothesis is that the moon was intentionally brought here because there were extraterrestrials who saw Earth, who thought Earth had potential to grow and to uh, produce more life, and they, they placed it here to stabilize it and to help it. To, to grow. I mean, that's very generous, but, you know, that is the theory, and that it would have, you know, created this beautiful world that we have now by by stabilizing it, and that there that that's being, being brought in here, you know, uh, on purpose. Um, the, other, the other two, uh, one is that the moon is a mechanism for advanced extraterrestrials who um, are keeping uh, information on the solar system and Earth, you know, including Earth. And they're not only watching Earth, but, you know, other areas, but they are watching us. And that this, this, the moon is a, a machine, it's a mechanism, and it's recording information that mm -hmm. is being sent back. Now, whether or not it has beings in there um, helping this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay, the beings. It's that's kind of crazy the whole being watched thing, but go, go ahead. The beings believed to be on the moon may be the keepers of this information and caretakers of the moon. Sources state that the moon is filled with technology to collect this information about Earth and has been doing so for millions of years. And it is thought that at some point there were beings that became aware of Earth and sent in this large piece of equipment to mm -hmm. engage in what can only be called a lookout station for mm -hmm. what's going on with Earth and her inhabitants. Right. So That's something it's definitely complex. Um, Tamara says there's a myth stories of aliens coming to earth to mine gold and man is their created workforce to which they created. And I mean, we evolved much faster. You know, the theory is we evolved really fast <laughs> and, you know, in a pretty short period of time on the grand scheme of, oh, yeah. of time. Totally. So, you know, yeah, I guess you could pretty much look at that as a, a pretty strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact that also, you know, there, there were beings that helped us along. Oh, I, I just want to say that, oof, please mm -hmm. remind me to get back to Tamara. Um, shoot, I just want to say that the uh, beings that may have come in on that escape ship also may have planted some of their people here. And that may be one reason why they're be they're watching us because 
if we are them, they're watching the progress mm -hmm. of their people, you know, from that one planet they were escaping, did some of them come off of the spaceship moon and mm -hmm. come to Earth? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What did Tamara say? I'll, I'll put it back up for you. I'll put it back up for you. Uh, there is a myth story of aliens oh, yeah. coming to Earth to mine gold. That's the Anunnaki. That's the Anunnaki. Yeah, and man, we're the created workforce. It evolved right. a little bit too quick. Right. 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 So yeah. the, the, the thing is they're expecting, uh, some people are expecting, are saying that the Anunnaki are, are returning soon. Very soon. And then is that a good thing or is that a bad thing in your opinion? Because a lot of people are on the fence with that. Well, I, I just actually I read just today that um, someone saying that the Anunnaki are returning to upgrade our DNA. To, so that would be a good thing, right? If um, that's, if that's, that's true. That's a theory. It's I all know. theory. I don't want to go back to the mines. <laughs> all right. Oh, 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 oh. You're just reminding me of something. Oh my gosh, yes. No minds, please. Okay. But there is also <laughs> there is also a theory, and I just wish we could get on the moon and just knock out all these theories, right? But there is a theory that uh, there are Anunnaki on the moon and that they are still, um, they're not using us as slaves, but they are still mining the uh, earth for gold. So there are stories that there is gold missing on earth. Okay, they don't know what's happening to this gold, and um, there have been ships seen coming and going from Earth. They know for for from the water and for water, and they're wondering if they're also you know taking gold and taking it back to the moon, and that the moon is the place where they are sending it from to Nibiru. Wow, right? Yeah, that gets really complex for sure, but. I don't know. I keep thinking it's just a greedy elites. <laughs> <It's gonna be> <laughs> crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't know that they that they've ever stopped. Are we just a workforce in a different level, though? Well, you know, I was thinking about that just recently because I keep hearing yeah. that, but I can't think of anything that we're doing. You know, I go about my day to day life. What am I doing that's helpful to them? What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't see yeah, it. I, don't I, see I mean, it. the physical, you know, there are a lot of laborers. We're keeping, the workforce is the machine that keeps the money rolling. You are a consumer. You go out, you buy things. You have to make money in order to buy things. You just keep that thing rolling all the time. If people stopped working, if people stopped buying, then all of a sudden, I think, you know, the brakes go on. And there's a lot of people up on the food chain up there who aren't getting paid. You know, I think that's oh, I how some people, saying. yeah, some people contribute in that way. You know, uh, here's um, a comment for you by Art. Hi, Art. Famed remote viewer, Ingo Swan. Yeah. Saw an underground reptoid base on the far side of the moon. Yeah. Was it a reptoid base? I, I know, Swan, I know, yeah, I know Swan. Yeah. I know, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that um, when he, man, when he went up. <laughs> When he he uh, projected, I don't even know what the word is remote for viewed, yeah. uh, remote, yeah. from when he remote viewed. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, he was uh, used by a secret agency, government agency, to uh, look at the moon. This is why you know I say that 
they knew something. I mean, they, he was Swan was considered the best uh, remote viewer of his time, and they got him and gave him the coordinates to remote view the moon, and he did. And he saw humanoid beings working on on the moon, and they weren't wearing any kind of breathing apparatus. No. And uh, he said they were making some kind of laser, and he saw buildings, and somehow uh, they uh, were able to perceive his presence. Mm -hmm. And he realized that they did, and he cut it off. And he, uh, on after that, he hid for a long time because because he they he was found out. But he was shocked that he was found out because apparently. You're supposed to be able to do that without being, you know, I don't know much about remote, remote, remote well, remote viewers. But, I mean, essentially you're, you're, you're peeking in from the outside as energy, but I imagine if there's somebody who's telepathic or a lot of these beings are very advanced that they would be able to see things like that. I've tapped into places and people, and, and people like, Oh, I heard you. I heard you guys right. talking or I heard, you know, I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> it's pretty right. phenomenal. So yeah, I, I think we could have been seen. Advanced so people, beings. Right, right. And they weren't yeah. wearing any kind of helmet. So, you know, again, saying that, you know, we breathe air on Earth, but if mm -hmm. you are a alien, we don't know what you need or what you can do. Well, there's so many uh, different, what they, different races. What they can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many different races as well. I mean, um, they, they come to this planet. You don't always see them with breathing apparatuses or anything like that they're living right right among us i really believe that ets are, are are living on earth and walking among us um for anyone who doubts because you know you get people who go oh there's remote viewing isn't real blah 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 mm -hmm. no it goes well, I can on. it's real <laughs> i can assure he, you it's real he remote viewed uh jupiter and found that ring around jupiter that's now we right. don't see it like uh, you know, like we see Saturn. It's got sure. but Jupiter has this ring, and he found it. And the mm -hmm. scientists didn't know it was there, and the scientists found it years later, after Swan had already told him, you know, there it it's is. There. So I, I believe then, you know, he's got a good reputation. I believe that what he saw on the moon was real. Mm -hmm. Just you know, look at that. For sure, for sure. Art says that a, a reptilian said he would kill him if he ever came back. That'd be enough to what? put the brakes on. That's what Art was saying. When he remote viewed it, the oh. reptilian said he would kill him if he ever came back. Frightening. Oh, okay. See, I'm not, I'm wow. not familiar with I, that. I know. Lots of little hidden gems in there. <laughs> so, absolutely. Interestingly yeah. enough, when um, I have a, a chapter in this book, and it's called Hark Who Goes There. Right. And I, you know, just trying to figure out who might be, uh, what kind of uh, beings are on the moon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we've said, it could be several actually living together up there. But it's the, t the uh, title of the chapter is Hark Who Goes There. And I actually do have a reptilian as one of the... Uh, um, candidates for a you know species living on the moon. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason I put it there was because of that Zulu story. Uh, the Zulu people said that you know the uh, you know in their tales it was reptilian or lizard-like beings that brought the moon uh, 
to where it is. So, and, you know, reptilians, as, as uh, many know, throughout history, you know, have been seen, and it is a theory that, you know, that they were here, they may still be here, they may be living, you know, under the surface of, of the earth, too. So mm -hmm. reptilians are a thing, I hate to say it, but they okay. are. Yeah, absolutely, um, yep. So I was I was listening to a story the other day of a lady uh, who who had stumbled upon reptilian beings, and um, she but they they didn't bother her. They mm -hmm. were focused on apparently eating a, s a snake, and I you can't I know right you can't tell me that they didn't know she wasn't there, and um, that she was she wasn't gone bothered. under hypnosis. Have talked about about encounters with reptilians. Yeah, so it's a, it is a thing, people. It's not my favorite thing, but uh, one lady uh, years ago who said she was a walk-in and she had all of this galactic history uh, came, you know, she was talking about the different species, and she said, you know, with reptilians, um, they, uh, you know, there's good and there's bad, so there's no reason to be alarmed or scared if these beings do exist. Mm -hmm. That you know, you get good and bad. She was saying, you know, in all beings. So, but they are a candidate as mm -hmm. to who may who may be on the moon. Do you remember V? Mm. The show V? Yes. Years ago, I didn't watch the remake. That's I actually have the remake. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the, you know. If you want to, I'd rather think of them that way than than the yeah. way I. You know, at least they were. You know, I know they look human until they didn't want to look human. <laughs> well, I think it's like a they can pro, you know project their energy to make you see them the way they want you to see them. Do they really shape shift? I think it's more of how they project to you how they want you to see them. Um, I mean, to me, that's more viable because people who have allegedly seen them say they could almost see. The best way I can describe it is you ever see heat coming off a sidewalk in the summer? You just have that sort of distorted space. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that. People will say they'll sometimes they'll look at somebody and then they, they have this distortion and then they see the true form. So I'm thinking that's really different, you know. But hey, you know what? I don't pretend to know everything that's out there. I have not, to my knowledge, had an encounter. Um, you know, but it's it's wiggy nonetheless. <laughs> like, you know what? It's a kind of science and technology that you know, if they're real and they can do this, mm -hmm. it's a kind of science and technology that we just don't understand yet. No, you know? it's just a projection. That they can be able to do that. Yeah, projection of energy. Um, I'm going to, you know, chime in with Tamara says reptilian are mentioned in the Indian and Aztec myths, along with other cultures, mention them in myth stories. Let's just go to Peru, for instance. In Brazil, a lot of these monuments emulate, you know, the, the gods or these these different beings. You have the serpent gods. Um, there is actually a town, I think, in Brazil that has a statue that was erected in the town of a reptilian mm. humanoid, um, and he's clothed. And this specific being... Um, I don't know if there was, I think there might've been a war or some kind of cataclysm in the area. He went underground with them and he educated them and he taught them how to survive. This is why there's a statue of him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. this is like an ancient culture, 
you know so i mean there's definitely something to it i mean the ancients weren't all wrong i mean they emulated what they saw they documented what they saw you're just finding stuff all over the place now yeah. it's just now we have an understanding with the internet and, and you know like we're seeing things people are going on vacation capturing different things mm -hmm. it's just like you're seeing photographs of you know of of, of these stone monuments are kind of like what, what is this about mm -hmm. no you can research it yeah. not so easy you know to 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 suppress people right right you know what's interesting is that I keep, you know, hearing about, and I believe this is true, that there are people who have come into this world at this time mm -hmm. uh, from elsewhere, from maybe, you know, you're from another planet, and uh, they come in here because uh, it's a time to educate humanity about what's really going on, and I call them the ground troops of people, you know, like you. Raising who, awareness. Um, awakening Awake, evolution. that's right that's right and i do believe there. that 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 is true we you know we mm -hmm. all have our little uh, piece to work on in trying to educate people about these mm -hmm. things so that that you know if you want to call it disclosure uh will will happen because you know we can't just stay in the dark right there you go um absolutely sky's the limit on this <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and we are nearing the end of the show. We're five to 11 already. Like that just breezed like fast. It's hard to mm -hmm. believe we've already like covered almost two hours, but I want to thank you for coming on. It's just, it was a lot of fun. It was really informative. Um, I've got your website up here. It's also in the show. So anybody goes to it, all of that information is there along with your bio and the name of the book, like everything. So oh, thank um, you. Oh, you're welcome. And I'd love to do it again in the new year, maybe on one of the other topics and the other books that you have. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be fun. I love coming on your show. Oh, so lucky. It's you. my second time. And thank yeah. you again. Oh, we have a lot of fun. It'll be great. I will email you, of course, you know, as I, as I like to do after, you know, the show and all of our numbers roll in just to give you an idea how many people were listening tonight. Okay, thank you. Can I just say one, one, one thing really yeah, quick? Promote, and, promote, promote. Go. Well, if you're if you're on Facebook, um, I have a Moon Mysteries page. So go to the Moon Mysteries page. I'm always putting up videos and information and stuff on there. And there's a Cosmic, uh, cosmic Mysteries with Costas Victoria Briggs. That's new that I'll be utilizing. So you can go there too. And uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and you've got the website, constantvictoriabriggs.com. Go find you there. If you have any questions, they can reach you that way as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay. Thanks, and everybody. Can, be found? Can, you, can you book be found on Amazon? Or is it's it on Amazon. Book? The Amazon, you can get it. The Moon's Galactic okay. History. Very easy. Okay, yep. nice and easy, guys. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. And thank you, Victoria. I will definitely uh, reach out to you as soon as all those servers come in. Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye, You're everybody. Bye. All right. <laughs> well, that was just a boatload of fun, guys. Wow. Thank you so much to Constance uh, for joining us this evening. Huge thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring the show. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, uh, for sponsoring us. And, of course, um, 
what can I say? I, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> this is just so much information, but a lot of theories, take everything with a grain of salt, do your own research. Um, it's always just mind blowing, learn something new every day. You may just be surprised at actually what is out there. So no matter what viewing platform you guys were on this evening, please subscribe, like us, join the group, whatever it takes. Just show the support. We do try very hard to bring you guys the absolute best information and the best guests that we can. Everyone here on the United Public Radio Network, um, you know, has a lot of terrific shows. So please show us some love. <laughs> and if you want to get a hold of us, again, we've got people going over to the group pages. Guys, I know that I can't. I don't. It's not humanly possible for me to to get to everybody. Um, we're, we're super swamped. I have different social media and I just, just Facebook alone brings me over hundred messages a day between all the group pages and the, um, you know, just my regular messenger. I just can't do it. So please go to the outer realm contact at gmail.com, the outer realm contact at gmail.com. You want to be a guest on the show. You want to recommend a guest on the show. Um, you know, you want a topic, you'd like to see certain things, just message, message us that way. It's so much easier that way. You will de definitely get a response, but also just know, like, I, I can't guarantee, you know, that yes, I can get everybody on the show. We're booking months in advance. Um, so it just, it takes a lot, but tell us why you want to be on the show if you want to be on the show. Um, and then we can, we can start from there, but we do have a waiting list and we are booking well into, um, January, February right now with, with bookings going out through the whole year. So, you know, please bear that in mind and, and be patient. Now, tomorrow evening, we welcome back Peter Pentagor. Honestly, he is one of, of, of the fan favorites here on the outer realm. Uh, he's going to be discussing, we're going to keep in with the theme this week. He's going to be discussing UFOs and extraterrestrials. Um, and he's got a lot of phenomenal information. And, and like I said, people love him. So he will be back on tomorrow night. So until then, I hope you guys uh, all behave yourselves. Not that long, not that far off. So we want to see everybody back here in chat. Thank you to everybody who's been in chat. We see some new people in here and uh, we're always just so pleased um, to have you all on board. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, we will see you tomorrow night. Good night.